0: Hey gang, this is Dave Johnson. You are listening to the RFK Refugees podcast. It's not in the net,
1: it's in your ear. And welcome in ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees podcast, Ted here, John here, here to break down and talk some soccer. John, how you doing my friend? It's been, it's been great forever since I've
0: seen you. I know we don't see each other at all these days with all of our pre-game, post-game, regular podcasts. It's uh, it's great. It's yeah. good to we actually have real soccer to talk
1: about. It's a very exciting proposition. <laughs> we do have we do have real soccer to talk about. Sorry about the late start, everybody. We're we're trying we're trying something new, and, and as always, we do not plan ahead um, because that's not the that's not the RFP Refugees way to plan. ahead. No,
0: that's other that's podcasts that like do a lot of they have like outlines and stuff. That's not the way we <laughs> roll. We shoot from the cuff
1: yeah we shoot we shoot from the hip as they say uh and we definitely are uh but yeah let's talk some soccer uh weird 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 game uh, almost fitting i think the situation that this that this game uh delayed now twice uh third time was the charm the ball actually did kick off uh there was soccer played you can we can confirm it um i now have a recording of garlic and wingo because even the the <laughs> verizon dvr thing couldn't keep up with like where the game was, but, uh, so, uh, I did have a recording the game, uh, weird, weird game. I think is the way to describe that, that, that game was drunk. I'm going to go ahead and say it. It was, it was a drunk game courtesy of typical of major league soccer. I guess, uh, the first part did not start well, start well, did it, John? In fact, it was looking like it was going to be disastrous.
0: No. And you can see it as we're talking over my shoulder. Uh, the experience, uh, watching this game was, was rough. I think that there was not there was there were some moments where uh, we thought maybe this is just rust, and then it was hot, and then maybe it's a style of play thing. But it was uh, then a red card happened, uh, and then they went two goals down at halftime. <laughs> so it was a it was it was a real mess of a game, and, and to the fact that I think that a lot of people, you know, some podcast hosts included, uh, thought at the end of halftime that well that was it. Maybe they should bring in all the kids and give everyone else a break. Because uh, this is going to be a loss, and it's just a matter of by how much, uh, and how uh, you know we made we made our first mistake. We underestimated uh, DC United in a gritty backs against the wall environment. Uh, you'll hear you'll hear in a little bit uh, on one of our interviews uh, about uh, going down uh, going down to ten men and then somehow having actually a better shape. Uh, DC United has had a lot of experience with that in the last couple of years. So I think that that's probably something that they practice with, and it's also something that they've gotten a lot of game time, particularly in 2019, uh, with. So you saw the the fruits of that.
1: Well, I mean, I, I want to talk a little bit. I want to talk about that first half, and I want to talk about what Ben Olsen is trying to do. You'll hear our interview with, uh, with Bill Hamid and, and Felipe. I think we talked a little bit more about this with Felipe than we did Bill Hamid. Um, I, I am completely 100% against what Ben Olsen is trying to do here. I... I think Pep Guardiola is the worst thing to happen to soccer because I think for some reason he has made coaches believe that they can achieve this ticky tacky passing style of soccer and I'm sorry you need very very particular players to do that you need a a grand understanding of. Of how each of them, you know, how each other works. And, and there's a lot that goes into building something like that. And, I, and I'm not 100% convinced it hasn't been sort of figured out and found out. And, there, and there's ways to sort of defeat against it. And DC looked slow. They looked like they were predictable because that's the type of style that they have been coached to do. And I, I think this team has a lot of quick players, a lot of fast players. You look at Emil Assad, you look at Julian Gressel, you look at um, uh, Flores. They have a lot of quick players. I think they should be—and the second goal, the the first goal from Pipe came from old-style 2018, late-season 2018 D.C., where they were just dominating teams, where it was, win the ball in the center field, go quickly. And I just think that is a style that sort of fits the players that exist right now, not this methodical, slow, build-up type of play— I, I I'm I'm a I'm just I'm not convinced by what Ben Olson is doing maybe maybe I'll change my mind maybe I'll change my mind but we just looked slow we looked predictable we were pressing we were doing a little bit of a press I would say but it just didn't, it just didn't seem to, to to click right um so I, I just I I don't get it. I don't get what Ben's trying to do I'll, I'll be honest I don't
0: yeah I don't I don't attribute much of today's play to to uh to tactics as much as I attributed to really bad individual play, and I think I think lethargic pressing. I think particularly in the first half, they were not closing down at all in the midfield. They couldn't keep the ball uh, to save their lives. They weren't putting... Uh, they When they did have the ball, they were... I think this came up in, in Ben's post-game, show, post-game interview. They were trying for the killer pass, and they weren't keeping the ball at all. They were not drawing Toronto's players out of their shape uh, in order to create space for opportunities, they were not doing that. Um, that is, you know, I think a lot of that. I think a lot of that is down to, you know, all of the factors that we, we've talked about over and over again. They're not excuses per se, but like for real, I think that a Toronto's, uh, at least in the first half, they showed that they're a pretty good team, uh, and then secondly, they were all all of the players were melting. Granted, both both sides of both teams were melting. Uh, but I got to say, when you look at the body language of the players on one of the teams, DC United in particular, those guys look dead. Ola Kamara looked like he wanted to faint in the 30th minute. He had, he, he made two runs. Uh, he missed uh, he missed an opportunity on one good ball, and then there was a cross from Joseph Moore that was behind him that he couldn't finish that I hold less of a grudge over. Uh, but he looked super, super tired, and he was, I think, the first sub off, I think, at halftime. So uh, I'm hoping, you know... That the next game, which I believe is now Friday against New England, is that correct? Yes. I'm hoping that what we see now is uh, players who uh, know the seed is coming. Not, it's not another 9 a.m. game, though. I think it, I think it's a, the the p.m. start. Correct? Yes. Yes. So it, they will not be as on fire. It will still be humid, uh, but the sun will not be blazing in their face. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that we see a little bit more a
1: sharp a sharper team. Uh, and a more ag- defensively aggressive team. And I am being hard. I am being hard on Ben. I'm being hard on the team. Th- this team did not have a lot of time to prepare, or they had, I guess, a lot of time to prepare. I would say almost too much time, if that can, if that makes sense. I mean, when you have this, you have in your head when you're playing, and then that gets delayed, and then it gets delayed again. There was the the drama at the end of the game, which seemed to be attributed uh, to uh, Toronto sort of arriving late, and 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 DC maybe not being too happy about that. Uh, there was, I, I think, I think it was almost like, uh, you know, are we actually going to play this, you know, play this game of soccer? I, I was expecting something else to happen, to be honest, like coming out of that, but with everything that sort of happened with the, the positive test, that's now a negative, um, everything I expected to be, I expected to be kind of a, a crazy, uh, a, a, just weird game that maybe Maybe, you know, one team was definitely ready to go out there. and Maybe DC was a little, a uh, little lethargic and maybe not quite ready to, to go, to go a full 90. Uh, Ola Kumar did have one really nice chance. That was a really nice save. Um, Kevin uh, Pardis got out there on the field. That's really good to see. It seemed like he kind of brought some energy and kind of sort of turned the game. Uh, and then there's the Felipe sort of, you know, 83rd minute. I'm thinking, okay, we're going to lose 2 nothing. You know, I'm already thinking about the next game. And then suddenly um, I looked, I was in my, you know, looking down at my computer. I look up and suddenly I see, you know, Pipe Higuain at, the ripe old age of 35 somehow streaking down the field. I think he's 35. He's somewhere in that range. Please um, be older than 35. I hope. <laughs> I hope that's... <sighs> I'll, have to look, I'll, have to, I'll have to look it up. I uh, think you're probably right. Yeah. I hope I'm right. I, ho- I hope I'm right. Let's see. Uh, 35. Boom. Right on the money. Right on the money. I'm, I'm magical. Um, streaking down the field. Uh, plays a really, really nice chip uh, over the keeper into the goal. And suddenly you're thinking, now they can't do this they can't. And then suddenly it's uh, uh brilliant who really had kind of a poor first half uh, lost his mark, almost tackles um, the Toronto FC goal scorer uh, leading to the, to the first goal. And if he tackles him, maybe he gets sent off and then maybe Moreno happens and then we're nine men down. And then who, you know, who knows what happens. Uh, and then, you know, it was a, I think it was a play ball played in. Uh, it was a header from Birnbaum, right. To brilliant who is now the team's leading scorer. Um, who would have called that? in the beginning of the season, um, into the back of the net for 2-2. So uh, very, very fortunate that this team escaped with with a point and and keeps themselves alive because losing kind of opening games in in sort of group stage tournaments uh, can be really, really hard to sort of come back if we're talking about this team advancing um, to the next round.
0: Yep. I mean, uh, this this was a game, I believe, I was talking to Charlie Boehm, a friend of the show, about uh, after the after the first New England game, saying that uh, DC United absolutely has to get points out of this game because New England looks like a real threat. Montreal looks like a team that you can play against. Mm-hmm. Um, at least based on that first game, I'm sure Henri will have his boys a little bit more tuned up uh, for the, the second match. But uh, this was a this was a the game they had to get points out of. And after that first half, it was not looking promising. I was already thinking like, well, you know, they're going to get home sooner and they'll get a chance to rest. <laughs> they'll, have, they'll have more of an opportunity to sort of find uh, opportunities to sort of plug roster holes, because so it seems like there are some. Um, but I, I am glad that Eric Sorgan now is cleared to return. He will be playing. He will be on the roster for the next game. Um, the fact that uh, Ulysses Segura was the false nine after Ola, Ola Kamara subbed out, which, which is not something we'd like to see. And there was lots of conversation going on. I think it was last preseason. I don't know if it was this preseason. It seems like that was so long ago. It might as well have been last one. But that was the conversation. Like, well, he he will be the backup forward, and that's not where anybody wants him, except for maybe Ben Wilson. No, nobody else wants him there. So <laughs> the fact, so the fact that uh, that we were able to create opportunities and score after that is uh, is, is really great. And now I think we've got a really uh, great uh, little surprise for everybody. Uh, if you hadn't followed us on Twitter, we've got a little uh, interview to show you.
1: Yep, uh, we will we'll talk to uh, Bill Hamid. So. Uh, Definitely, we will cut to that, I think, right now. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFU Refugees podcast. Ted here, John here. We are joined by a very, very special guest, the man himself, the man, the myth, the legend, Bill Hamid. Bill, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
2: Hey, thanks for having me, guys.
1: Absolutely. Um, let, let's just start. Let's jump into it. Uh, that, that was uh, probably one of the more nuts uh, D.C. United games I've seen. In, well, I haven't seen many D.C. United games in a while, so I guess it's, it's, it, it was pretty crazy. Uh, what, what was it like sort of experiencing that out there?
2: I thought it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I thought it had a little bit of everything, a little bit of uh, disappointment um a little bit of happiness uh a little fire um and I thought it was just good to honestly get a competitive match under our belt you know because you could see uh from the start of MLS's back tournament that you know a few teams are rusty uh, a few players are rusty that's that's just gonna come with the territory you know the fan bases around the around the league need to understand that um, we're coming off of uh, a long hiatus where we weren't even able to see our teammates. We weren't able to play um, with with our groups. And, you know, I think it, it was a good thing for us to get our first game under our belt, kind of just feel how it is in a game, in a match situation, measure out the field, You know, get the kind of the gist of you know working in a in a unit again, and um, and it was good.
0: Yeah. So one of the one of the peculiarities of these this tournament and sort of the way that the fact that these games are being played in front of no fans is that you can hear everyone really really clear. And the amount of time they had to dump the audio (laughs) after (laughs) after a challenge was a lot. But anyway, you came in pretty (laughs) loud and clear uh, the whole time. You know, you were and it was and it was interesting because you stayed you were staying upbeat and positive and encouraging. You were sort of telling everybody, particularly once the game started to drag on, uh, you know, telling people, encouraging them to keep closing down, keep running, keep filling space, uh, which is, you know, the hardest thing to do is run off the ball when you're tired and it's hot. Yeah. Um, what do you, uh, has communication always been your strong suit or is that a skill that you've had to work on? And now, because I, I can't imagine it being better than it was. Now that we actually got to all hear it crystal clear the whole time, I can't imagine it being any better than that.
2: Uh, communication is something I've had to work on, but it's always been a part of my game. I think the right communication is what I've had to work on um, throughout my career, in terms of giving the right tidbits of information at the right times. Um, and I think a, a, a saying that most goalkeeper coaches uh, kind of uh, tell young goalkeepers is to um, uh, put out the fire before put out the fire before it starts. Um, so, you know, if you can um, encourage a teammate, even though it's really, really hot outside and you can tell that they are, <laughs> that they are gassed and, and they're walking in and, and you see a gap start to open in their area, if you can, can kind of wake them up and let them know, okay, move a little bit left or, you know, maybe one of the things I was saying a lot was take a look while the ball was moving side to side, the opposing team was moving the ball side to side. If you can encourage your players to take a look and see what's around them, I think that kind of helps close off the passing lanes where other teams can advance the ball. And you find that more often than not, if you get your guys in the right position before the fire starts, then we recover the ball in a good position to be able to counterattack, right. And I think that the pressure that we kind of put on, for instance, the first goal, uh, the pressure that we kind of put on, if you watch it over on the center back to then Nick DeLeon, that pass had to be perfect from Simone to Nick DeLeon. The pass was a little bit off. We took advantage. Uh, we played a lateral pass to Felipe I think it was Kevin to Felipe and Felipe first time into Higuain while Simon was still wide, a little bit too wide from that missed pass. So it's all about the communication and the right communication to move guys left and right, up and back to close off the passing lanes, make it more difficult, have good shape and make it more difficult for the other team to advance the ball, win the ball up as high as possible. And then punish them because they're going to be spread out.
1: Yeah, that 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 first uh that first goal was absolutely uh classroom and going and such a great a great ball from Felipe Martins. And yeah, I thought you uh, uh said it really well. Uh wanna talk a little bit, I mean th- this is obviously an odd situation. I would argue for DC and TFC, this was an even weirder situation with having first the game on um it was on Wednesday. I can't remember what it's changed so many times. Yeah. And then it changed or sorry, Friday, you're right. And then it changed to Sunday and morning. And then it changed again. How do you as a player sort of keep yourself focused? And like, you know, it can't can't be easy to be like, okay, we're playing this day. And then nope, now we're playing this day. And just trying to keep, you know, it's got to be antsy to be like, when are we actually going to get to actually kick a soccer ball? You know, coming up.
2: Yeah, I think I think we were antsy to get in a real game, you know, because you can train all you want, day in day out. You can have two training sessions a day, it just doesn't replicate a full ninety minute game, you know. It just it just doesn't translate, you know, because once you get in the game, it's high energy. It's one mistake can get you punished, but one mistake can be the reason as to why your team is successful. In training, that one mistake, you maybe have an earful or your teammates maybe encourage you and you move on to the next drill. You do, best, you do better in the next drill, and then it's all forgotten about. So it's just different. It's a different feel. It's a different atmosphere playing in a match. And I think that we were antsy to get that game, that first game under our belt. Um, and you could see that, you know, first half, we were still trying to find our groove here and there. Um, but <laughs> honestly, it's crazy. The shape actually got better. The defensive shape got better with a man down, ironically, because I think we just realized, okay, now we're a man down. The two goals down. We got to prevent this thing from getting to three, split the differences between their players, have a good shape, be difficult to break down, and, and make the most of it. And their chances were they were limited. I mean, they, have, they had a chance uh, of free kick. Um, they a, they had, um, another chance. Endo came in, tried to curl the ball far post, which was pretty routine. But other than that, like, you know, we, we were able to kind of frustrate them and, and stop them from getting the third goal. And, uh, and I think that's a benefit to us and kind of just pushing through what was essentially our training camp and just getting into this first game.
0: One more question, and speaking of uh, making them frustrated, and I w- we would be remiss if we didn't talk about sort of the uh, the bad blood after the whistle. Um, we'll we'll keep this high level, not get anybody in trouble. But it's saying, it, it sounded like there was a there was a little bit of there was a little bit of disrespect perceived by DC uh, from Toronto, uh, and that disrespect for me, I thought it kind of continued. Michael Bradley said when he was talking about the game today that for a team that has the standards we do, that there's no way that we should let a team like that back into the game. So after all that build up, you know whatever happened or didn't happen, uh, they come back. We got
2: championships. I don't understand what the, what in the world that means. We got <laughs> yeah. more championships than them, so I, I don't know. But not Mata's a student gonna of history. His own, he's going to have his own opinion. That's fine.
0: That had to feel pretty good, though. I think. I mean, it was obvious, by the way, sort of everyone's response after that second goal, one after you closed it out and save and uh, and stoppage time.
2: Uh, yeah. that
0: had to feel real good against this yeah. team. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I felt great, and unfortunately, you know, uh, maybe it makes for good TV. I don't it know. did. I guess it, it did. I guess the fans enjoy that. I can see how much the this the fans are talking on social media and the engagement. Maybe MLS enjoys that, you know. And but I tell you what, I think I think we enjoy that. You know, it, don't want it to get violent. Um, you don't want there to be bad blood, but you know, I think. <laughs> The the elements kind of created that, um, you know, two postponements Um, might have actually worked in our favor, gave us a little bit more time to get fit, a little bit more time to figure out the weather in Florida, which is god awful (laughs) hot. And and from there, um, you know, I guess the heat and pushing through 90 minutes, I'm sure it was their first time uh, being able to play against real opposition. Uh, because of this, uh, this, these COVID times, um, I think the heat and and the obviously they conceded two, in the second half it kind of led to a little bit of animosity, and we were tough. I mean, we were tough. I mean, let's be honest. Like, I, I'm so proud of Junior. You know, he, he battled. You know, and unfortunately, as a center midfielder, as a, as a, as for instance, like a Gattuso uh, from AC Milan, you got to be tough in the midfield. You got you to gotta break up play, um, and, and it happens, you know. Um, I, I told the referee, I thought maybe you could have gave him another warning, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm proud of him for battling, and we kept battling. You know, Felipe battled. Our midfield, our, our wingers battled, ran up and down. Players who came off the bench battled. Um, you know, it was, it was tough for us, but I think that, you know, these things are going to happen. In this sort of environment there are no fans in the crowd we kind of we kind of forget about that and just start focusing on we're in the middle of a match and i'm sure you know hopefully it doesn't get violent but i'm sure you'll see other dust-ups in other teams uh, other teams matches so it's just com- competition it's just competing i hope the fans understand that and, and i hope they actually uh, enjoy that good tv yeah. We, yeah we, speaking
0: of, speaking of the fans, I want to make sure that we shared a message we received from a whole bunch of people and saying that we they wanted to make sure that you guys knew that we appreciated that you're all sort of taking a risk being down there and you're away from your families and you're in sort of a weird environment, um, yeah. and that it's really appreciated and known and, and and valued by all the fans. So we really want to thank you for and all the players for doing that, and also want to thank you for taking time after what a physically and emotionally draining morning. Hopefully you get hopefully you get a a good a good eight to ten hours tonight, and uh, I want to make sure that you can go to your get running your next thing. I just wanted to say thank you for joining us, and I just wanted I just wanted to let you know that I broke the signing the the story of your signing. I beat Steve Goff to like five minutes uh, back when I had (laughs) it. So that's my my journalistic claim to fame that will never be topped. Which
2: one? The first one or back from Denmark?
0: The first, the first one, the front signing uh, from the academy. You're yeah, an
2: original. You're <laughs> yep. really an RFK refugee. OG. Yep, that's, <laughs> that's the story. But
0: Bill, thanks for joining us. We really do appreciate it. Yeah,
2: yeah. and all the fans out there, y'all. Yo, thank you guys for the kind messages and support. We see the messages in our hallways. They've been uh, they've been um, consistent in posting all these new messages and postcards that you guys are sending. We wish we guys were we were in front of you guys that would be so amazing to be out, to be able to walk out on Audi Field and, and represent the, the city. But, hey, we got to do it from afar. Our next game is either Thursday or Friday against New England. Enjoy the watch party at Union Market. And, um, and you know, we, please root for us, pray for us, and uh, we're going to do it for you guys and do it for ourselves and our families. So, vamos united. Vamos. Always. Thanks, thanks, Bill. Thanks, right. Bill. And that was Bill Hamid.
1: So thanks so much for him to joining us. Uh, I think we're going to go ahead because we do have a guest coming up. We're going to jump right into Felipe. So uh, take it away, Felipe.
0: Two interviews in one podcast, yes. folks.
1: This is serious. Serious business. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFQ Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here. Uh, we have a special, another special guest for you guys. Joining on the call is uh, Felipe Martins. Uh, Felipe, how are you doing?
3: What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure.
1: Absolutely,
3: I talk to you guys a little bit.
1: Absolutely, it's, it's, it's certainly a pleasure to have you. Uh, I guess let's talk, man. Uh, that was a, a, a crazy game. I, I don't I don't think I've seen a weirder game in, in DC. Uh, so I mean, how how did how did first of all? Let's I want to talk about the assist. You had an absolutely unbelievable pass to to uh, to Federico Higuain. Is It gets so- assist too. So big milestone. assist, too yeah <laughs> yes. 50th assist uh, how 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 did that play come about and like did you just see him and, and do you kind of your eyes just like light up and just nail that pass or like talk yeah, walk us through a, that play
3: there's a couple points to to point there I think you know first of all um, Russell recovered a very nice ball he he leave the ball perfect for me in order to play a first pass forward. And me and Nguyen, we've been very close. You know, we've been talking a lot and he knows that I always try to, if I can, play forward for the front pass. And I I saw him before I got the ball from Russell and I was able to to play him forward. And, you know, I think the goal was much better than the pass. So (laughs) (laughs) let's live at that. They're both good. They're both good. Um,
0: You've been a th- so we asked for some questions uh, ahead of time, and I had a feeling I had a feeling I knew what we were going to get. And the general consensus is that you have turned uh, a lot of people's heads around, in not a lot amount of time. You've been a maximum effort, maximum part player for this team since you've gotten here, uh, winning over most all of everybody uh, that I remember when you signed. It was a it was a noisy day on Twitter, and it was a noisy day in the supporters groups um, who may have remembered you from other places you played. Uh how is it that you're able to connect so quickly and so deeply with supporters mentality? Like I think uh, I think you get it. Like I think you can tell by the way that you play and the way that you interact with fans during the game and on social media that you get it. And how important is that connection between the players and the and the supporters to how the how you know the relationship goes and how the players play?
3: Yeah, so first day in my first interview uh I said, you know, like I know that I'm I'm not lost right now. I know there's a lot of going on in your minds, you know, for everything in the past. And, you know, and the only thing I can promise you guys is that I'm going to give everything every single day. And, you know, and game by game, time by time, you guys going to recognize that when I am playing for a team, I give my everything, you know. And this has been special for me, you know, because I really relate the way I play, the way I am, the way I feel, and the story behind this united i think relate to me you know the way i am the way i live and i truly embrace the culture of this club everything on uh, from from the the fans you know how passionate everyone is and i i promised myself you know that you know that's not what i wanted from the from the fans you know i'm i i love to defense that love the way you play but they need to recognize i need to gain their trust and you know that's what i'm trying to do every single game you know go out there you know represent this color and represent this team the best way possible and you know in the end of the day if you guys got to understand you know the passion i have for this club and you know everything i give every single day you know i gonna gain your trust that's what i'm trying to do every single day and that's what I do every training for my teammates and for 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 this team.
0: Well, it comes across authentically. So I I I am among the people who are who had my head turned. So great job there. Charm offensive has been uh, successful. Um, so, so results aside today, you know we're all happy for the point. It, no one, I don't. Maybe all of you deep inside knew after at halftime we're we're definitely coming back and taking the point. Uh, Twitter, Twitter, and, and certain fans did not feel that way. Uh, I can say that for sure. I was folding clothes during some part of the second half. Uh, much of today, sort of, at least in the first half, and the, the the flow of passing and the buildup of tack from the back, especially, was seemingly yeah. disjointed. What do you attribute that to? Is it rust? Is it the cop? Is it the competition? Is it the heat? I'm sure it's all those things. But like, what it what first and foremost do you really uh, attribute that struggle to to get started and play the way you want to play?
3: Okay, so I think, you know, especially coming back in a situation like that after many, many, many months without, you know, like without uh, playing in the field, being on the field, and in this situation where the game was canceled, like uh, postponed for two times, and yesterday we've been to the field, getting, you know, change a lot of dynamics. And, you know, you guys might think that it's easy, but uh, I can really say that that's not, you know, and yeah, I think uh, the conditions playing a different time, everything, but I don't like to give excuses, you know, I just, we we weren't good enough the first half, and um, we talked, uh, we, the coaching staff gave their points, and second half, we came back, and we we were playing with 10 men, but was never a doubt that our team gonna go, go by go, and we were able to, to push the game and get the the one point that uh, I think is really important for us.
1: What's sort of been the, I guess, the message from Ben, um, you know, sort of trying to play this sort of deliberate passing style um, is a little different than I think. Uh, a lot of uh, that the team has played sort of in the past has Ben sort of said, you know, we're going to kind of use this tournament as sort of a, a building block um, or, you know, obviously you're not gonna say, Oh no, we, we don't care if we win. We want to win. But I mean, is it sort of been like, you know, yeah, we're going to try our best to, to win, but really we want to, we want to sort of leave this tournament with a better understanding of who we are, I guess is the, is what I'm trying to get at.
3: No, I think, you know, first of all, we, we've been working on this formation, the way we want to play since, January since the the preseason, you know, since day one uh, in January, they were very clear the way we wanted to play. The players we brought is uh, defined the way we want to play. And it's it's still a build up, you know, because you're still constructing a new style of play. You're still building something, something new with new players. And we weren't able to do that for three months, you know. And now we come back and we try to do that. And, but Ben was clear even about this tournament you know we're we not coming here to, to for a vacation we're not coming here to to just play the tournament we're in here to win you know and he's all about win he's a he's a winner he's a competitor and you know this is a perfect setup for to do what he wants to do and I think the team embraced that We the team know that and you know like the fight we showed in the second half today, you know, it's a clear vision that to uh, what we want to do in this tournament.
0: We asked this to Bill, and we'll ask it to you too. I think that it, it, we told him that because the fact that there's no fans, you can hear everything that's said on the field, uh, and it's 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 great. They had to dump the audio a bunch because I'm assuming lots of swears happened that did not uh, ESPN did not want to have on on uh, network TV or cable TV. Uh, but at the end of the game, there was a lot of uh, you know a lot of emotion that happened, and I think that. We asked Bill because he was in the middle of it, but you're you're an emotional guy too, uh, and the way that you play before, uh, I think I think you you know you you thrive on that. You're riding you're riding that emotion throughout the game. I think it I think it's I think it's obvious to anyone that's watching. Uh, how good did it feel to get a point after that? <laughs> after I mean, you always want a point, you always want to win. But like, I think it got chippy. I think you had there was the game that got rescheduled twice. There was the stuff. You know they didn't come to the game. They they didn't show up on time. So there's a lot, There's lots of stuff that happened. Uh, I'm basically I'm trying to fish for uh, animosity. It, it, it had to feel good to beat this particular team based on last based on the playoffs last year, and then also just the way this game transpired.
3: I just think you know that that shows how much us as a player care about this team. You know how much we we always gonna fight for. First of all, the respect for, to win, and to all of that. I just you know like. That shows how much we care and how much means for us um, every time we, we wear these this colors, this jersey. And you know, I think that's a normal situation for me, you know, because when you care about something, you fight for something and you always going to try to, to if people don't respect you, to make them respect you. And, uh, you know, I think we did on the field and things got a little bit out of control of the game, but I think that's normal. You know, it's both teams that is very passionate and it's just things that happen in the field.
0: You gave a great quote earlier this week too that I wanted to to bring up again. I think it was on Julian Gressel's video video podcast. One of our one of our competition, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) one one of our uh, steam competition, who uh, also happens to play on the team and who we love a lot, uh, about the food in the bubble and you and about how some of the other players have complained uh, either through an anonymous Twitter account or whatever else, just sort of that like you know maybe it wasn't up to, to up to snuff or what their standards were. And then you talked about that your childhood was a little bit different, and sometimes it wasn't enough to eat, and it's a different it's a different mindset. Do you think that maybe in a country like the United States with the background that a lot of the American players come from, where you know it's a lot of money to play and travel, and people who usually make it this far don't come from that same background that you came from, do you think that perspective is lacking across the league or just in this country?
3: Yeah, I think especially for football for soccer to grow in this country, what misses you know, you're you teaching the young guys how to have a mentality, the right mentality to deal with adversity, you know, because many guys grow up with a lot of fields around them, a lot of opportunities, you know, a, a lot of, of the time you have your father, your mother around you. You know, I can speak for myself that at 10 years old, I left my house. I, I was 22 hours bus from my house. And, you know, like sometimes I wanted a chocolate, but... I couldn't get a chocolate. You know, sometimes I, I wanted a hug from my mom and my father after I lose a game or I don't play. I didn't have them. So you just got to deal with those things, those adversities. And that built something that made who I am right now, you know, that mentality. And you, you kind of build your own version inside you in order for you to compete against yourself every single day. And that made me the way I am. And that's the way i always gonna be and i'm gonna teach my 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 children's because sometimes you know have everything it's good but sometimes you know bring the i think you know the wrong perspective inside you you know imagine if the the players come you know like as i said to friends around the the team as well i said imagine like a lot of guys in this league that if they don't have a job tomorrow, they just say, "Ah, okay, I'm gonna work on Wall Street. I, I'm gonna go to to do this, and I'm gonna go get a job." For me, it was never a second option. Or I become a professional soccer player, or I don't know what I'm gonna do. You know, so everyone in in this country, I believe, has a second second opportunity. And yes, I think just every player needs to some adversity to to build their own own personality and I think sometimes adversity is good because make you remind yourself that you know like how much you got to work for certain things and most of the guys in this country has a second option if you soccer or football doesn't go well and you know that's sometimes that fire that that's willing to to win no matter what it's what miss sometimes in a lot of a lot of a lot of teams and a lot of players around this league is what i see
0: yeah that is definitely true if you happen to look at linkedin play linkedin pages of a lot of former players at mls a lot of them like you say are like working for morgan stanley <laughs> there's a lot of players that triple their salary uh, after they decide it's not going to work out and in some ways that's great right but in other ways it definitely does go, go to mentality it definitely does go to how much you're willing to risk and how hard you're willing to grind because you know that you know, this is it. No, i have a option. Right, right. That's that's a great point. Uh, we told this to Bill, and I want to make sure we share it with you as well, so you can hear it. And that the one thing we got aside from telling everyone, t- everyone telling us how much they love you now compared to how much they didn't, uh, <laughs> they all wanted to say thank. They they wanted you guys to know that fans were are aware of how big of a sacrifice this is for the players and how you're taking a risk. And it's you know that you're there for you're there to win. You're there for us and the fans really know and appreciate uh, all that you guys are doing. So we just want to make sure that you – I know that the, the thank you cards are up in the hallway, but I want to make sure that our, our listeners got a chance to tell you that as well.
3: Yeah, I want to thank you, all the fans, for the message they send and for all of you guys for always supporting us. And, you know, those kind of podcasts helps a lot. us. You know, it's one of way for us to 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 come to bring back to you guys, you know, to give back some of the love you guys always gave to us. You know, we always appreciate it, and I'm very happy and honored to, to be here with you guys. And I want to get the opportunity to, to thank all the fans as well for the support for all these years. You know, and it's not it's not always so easy, but we just got a promise that we always going to give everything and hopefully we can bring a trophy for for the disunited because you guys deserve most of it. Uh, you know, after a long time of not winning.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Re- recra- recame our reign. I think that's the the hashtag has been going on. Absolutely. So I like it. Uh, Felipe, thank you so, so much for joining us. Uh, get, get a good night's sleep, rest up, and uh, we'll look forward to watching you on uh, Friday. Thank thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, Felipe. Bye. Take care. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees podcast. Uh, we have not one, not two, not three interviews and we saved the best for last. Gretchen Ham is joining us from the Washington Spirit. Gretchen, thank you so much for joining us.
4: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh what a what a game the Spirit uh played played yesterday. Uh now now all due respect to, to DC's comeback. Um I, I think the the strongest team, the strongest team out of the DC market was the Washington Spirit yesterday. Uh, just an I thought an incredibly dominating, especially in the first half, a credibly dominating performance, uh, particularly with the fact being without Royce Lavelle. So I, I'm sure that was fun to just as much fun, uh, probably even more fun to watch for you than it was for, for the rest of us at home.
4: Definitely fun. Um, I think, you know, Bailey Feist uh, came into camp just unbelievably fired up and ready to play. And I, I've been waiting for her to score some goals because um, I knew she had them, had them in her, in her, um, and Dorian Bailey, I think, did a terrific job um, in there in the midfield as well. Um, and up top, I mean, I think Ashley, 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 and Kumi are, are definitely developing some chemistry. And the you know Ashley Hatch having more options this year is terrific. And then um, obviously, you just can't say enough about about our back line. And man, Tegan McGrady, I am just standing on Tegan um, healthy. I'm, I'm super super pumped about about all of our our back line. They're amazing
0: she has a she has a match she's got like a magnet for somehow getting something getting knocked around in some way <laughs> but i mean that's a good thing right i mean she's 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 getting stuck in and then she's really going for it but i would like her to have one game where she doesn't have uh you know either a, a bone relocated or a, a big bruise where it doesn't need to be and i would say bailey feist has probably been my low-key mvp for for the spirit every game that she's played she has made a difference and i don't think you know, maybe the the most of the diehard spirit fans were looking for her to have a, a breakout, but ever, I think attention was elsewhere, and she's really she's really come through. So I, I'm I'm happy to see it for sure. And uh, of course, we've got we've got uh, Twitter accounts for certain defenders biceps uh, taking taking Twitter by storm. NWSL has made it when you have these sort of this proliferation of novelty Twitter accounts. Uh, you love to see it. It's good stuff.
4: Oh my so, gosh, it's hilarious.
0: I, want, I wanted to talk to you. Uh, you know, we could we could definitely talk about the game. We're gonna and we're gonna talk a little bit about the game after the interview too. I wanted to, but based on sort of what you do at the Spirit, I want to talk more broadly about uh, how how the Spirit and how the NWSL teams have managed to put on a thus far, you know, knock on wood, uh, flawless presentation of of a tournament out there in Utah. Yep, I'll keep, <laughs> keep on knocking. Uh, but it's been great. The soccer has been. Uh, fantastic. There have been some lulls, and I will put that down to you know it just happens. Whereas I would say in the MLS tournament there's been maybe one or two games and then the rest of them have been lulls. It's probably inverse for the NWSL tournament. But specifically what I what I wanted to talk to you about is the commercial growth for the league and the teams in this in this format and how I, I know that I I saw an article I you know, it was in the equalizer or it was in the athletic, talking about how the teams have been forced to uh, get a season's worth of deliverables out to their sponsors within the, this amount of game. And I thought, who better to talk to about that than, than you? So talk talk about how, how the Spirit have had to go about that and the success you guys have seen.
4: Yeah, it has been um, a whirlwind, to say the least. Um, as you guys know, our owner, Steve Baldwin, is amazing and um, thinking different, thinking bigger – um, to begin with, you know, pre-COVID and um, he's, he's involved a, a lot at the league level with, with some of those deals. Um, so when, so we were on track for, to meet, we thought we would actually exceed our, our corporate sponsorship goals and, and COVID happened um, and we were really blessed, I think, that we have partners who really believe in the NWSL and with the Washington spirit and it's not just an ROI or, you know, a straight business deal. Um, we had a couple partners, our bank in particular, who had actually signed on uh, late last year, and um, they wanted to be sensitive to, obviously, the COVID situation and to their customers and, and everything. Um, but all of our partners have been incredible about pivoting with us. I think the uh, Craig Hoffman and Bernie and the marketing team did an incredible job of pivoting to um maximizing another partner in Twitch, right? Twitch is a league partner and, and putting on some of our original content. Um, I don't know how it took us this long to think of a Richie Burke show um, because Richie is absolutely hilarious and anyone will go on and talk with him. Um, and I think that's also been great for them, the fans to see the interaction between the players and, and Richie and then, I mean, frankly, Richie's like the best spokesperson for some of our sponsors because a lot of our sponsors are providing incredible services to our players. Um, Super FD is a high performance. I think DC United uses them as well. High performance catering and um, and they've been incredible. I mean, they pivoted their entire, you know, we were supposed to be traveling and, in a way and they were amazing. The crab cakes, everyone talks about the crab cakes mm-hmm. from, from Super FD. Um, so that worked out really well for them. Where, in fact, I think that was a more authentic presentation of their product to our fans. Um, Pepco, for instance, um, Pepco was going to present two games, uh, a pre-Olympic and a or post-Olympic game, and um, they actually pivoted an entire energy campaign, reduce energy, and so. We have quite a few players that are, you know, very environmentally conscious. So Kaya and Jordan and Tegan in particular, we're doing PSAs for them, you know, on their iPhones at home. Um, and actually where they live, we they're all Pepco customers. So again, being able to be authentic in, in what we're talking about. Um, you know, we have um, obviously big sponsors that came on in the middle of all this with CVS and Progressive, um, Unbelievable companies um, just, you know, believe in us. And I mean, I think the CBS jerseys, I think the Progressive and the CBS look amazing on our they jerseys.
0: They do. Um, they don't always. There are some, like if you look at the Chelsea jersey with the big fuzzy three on the front of it, you can sometimes get a bad uh, front of sponsor jersey. But CBS looks great on them.
4: Yeah. Um, and I think they're, you know, and again, I think they fit, right? Um, health and wellness. Um, we're going to be doing some things with them. Off field post tournament um, with our with the team and players related to health and wellness. Um, again, young people, young women in particular, uh, tend to listen to our players. Um, so I think you know that's an example of a win win. Um, even you know Wags Women and Girls in Soccer, as, as you guys know, have been with us. They were a founding partner. You know they underwrote Florida. They underwrote our preseason, and you know they were super disappointed. And and I was talking with Lula recently, and I said, listen, I think you know, mm-hmm. women need to connect. I think the fact that they were down there together, even though they weren't on the field, I mean, I, I think that our team came out the first game and they were connected. And I think a lot of that has to do with, we sign our rookie, our, our draft connections, our draft ease, right? We don't mess around with that. We, we we're committed to our, who we draft. Um, so our team has been together. Um, and so, you know, incredible, you know, appreciation to Wags and, and all they do. Um, so I think, you know,
0: go ahead. No, I was just saying, have you heard? So I think that there's something that's been, if there's one B plot that all of the national media has, has glommed onto with this tournament, it's been the players' uh, sort of out uh, ability to be outspoken and loud about their, their feelings about social causes, uh, particularly Black Lives Matter right now. Um, has it been, have you heard from any, sp- I assume the sponsors knew what they were getting into. I think right now this is this is the moment, and these players. I think particularly within this league, I think that you, you can expect that these players are going are going to be uh, you know loud about this. This is something that matters to them. Uh, have the sponsors been broadly supportive of, of players um, using their platform to to talk about this?
4: One hundred percent
0: hundred percent. I would have assumed, I think that this is, I think if you know the players and you know the league that this is, this is, this was going to be the way it was. And I'm, I'm glad that that's sort of uh, been the way it's gone. Um, there, you know, there have been, I think the good, we've talked about it on the podcast there, you know, there was initially a lot of discussion about who's standing and who's kneeling. And I think that's, that's, that's dissipated a little bit. I think the, N, the NW, uh, the, the players union came out with a statement uh, the team came out with a statement. I think that I think now, I was hoping. I was like, let's just get to the the, the soccer here because this is some really great games um, to watch, and particularly the Spirit have I would say, uh, confounded some people's expectations. They were a glamour pick by a lot of the the real the real pros uh, looking at the roster, saying that this was a they were going to really have a chance, and uh, they've definitely done that. But it's uh it's it's been it's if I'm you, I am probably. I'm mixed between being so happy about how the team's performed and how I'm, I'm I'm sure that your social numbers are way up. I'm sure your engagement numbers way up, but, but then also being like, why, why did this have to happen this season when we had the, 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 it was teed up. You had, you had the three stadium, the goodbye to Boyd's, you had the Olympics coming up. This would, this was just a, a, a revenue bonanza I would assume. (laughs) So I, I, I feel for you. Cause I, that, that, that is everything. Every time I see something positive coming out for the spirit of like if they could have only, if this team could have had a full season to gel, North Carolina should be very concerned in, in, in the long term And they're still managing to do it in a short term, but overall from a business perspective, it's gotta be a real tale of two, uh, two, two, halves there.
4: Yes. Um, and the other thing I would like to totally, and, um, i was definitely feeling that in march and april and then I'm, I'm an internal optimist so i was trying to just shift gears and you know we have an olympic year next year well well, you know we'll be uh seven at audi five at segra um so that actually is really good revenue <laughs> seven games at audi is um something that will be amazing um the other thing the other thing i just wanted to talk about is um our season ticket holders um numbers were through the roof um, i'm sure you guys had heard about that and a very, very small number of people asked for refunds, um, like a third of what our director, Lauren had projected. Um, everyone said, just keep it till next year. And so I do wanna give a shout out to, I think that's an incredible testament to the loyalty of our fans, as well as the amazing job that our, you know, Lauren was new last year um, and her team, the engagement they've done with our with our season ticket holders. Um, The positive of the Olympics getting moved, at least, is that I think, you know, Richie and and Larry and Steve will tell you this is a a 36-month project, right? And so this team was really built to compete next year, right, in 2021. So being optimistic about that, I think that, you know, with the Olympics, with that extra time, and with um, the seven and five, I I think we'll be able to – I don't know if we can make up this entire year, but I I definitely think um, we have every reason to be, to be optimistic. Um, I think CBS, the CBS numbers have been incredible. And I think that is some real proof in the pudding um, for other sponsors, right? And for broadcast. So, you know, that broadcast deal basically got moved to next year. Um, And and the Twitch has been, you know, they've been an unbelievable partner for us. I think they're platform has been incredible and i would love to see other leagues and teams take advantage of it because Absolutely. i think it's it's so fun to be able to interact in, with the chat functions while you're watching stuff um and again just really connecting with with our fans
0: as i shout out to our twitch chat as we are very meta yeah. very meta and can we can we figure out how to tell cbsl access to not ask us if we're still watching other than that everything's <laughs> great i feel like that's the I one know. thing we gotta fix other
4: than that i know that popped on me the other game and i was like seriously
1: i yes. am obviously <laughs> netflix would just keep it rolling so yeah. You just learn. <laughs> gretchen yeah uh, but bill go ahead I was I gonna say,
4: billy stone and his team have been tremendous and i've been really pleased with the announcers um in general i think they've done a great job um even the fake crowd noise hasn't been been too bad
0: yeah it can be done well and done poorly i think it's i think it's done fine there's uh there's not uh, a couple opportunity. i think it was i don't know if it was a dc united game or something where there was a like a delayed no it was in the first spirit game so there was a bad thing now i'm remembering now there was a there was a missed opportunity and they hit the all button like a little bit too late and there was like a big four or five second gap yeah you. it's like a buffering other than that
1: though you're right they've been it's been unobtrusive
4: it's but, been pretty good yeah,
1: yeah. Gretchen real quick I know you talked about you know you know next year because that's, that's pretty much what we're looking at um, this year was we, supposed to be you know uh, four and four and four it was supposed to be you know four games at the soccerplex four games at in Loudoun, and of course four games at Audi field. Um, you know, I I, I went to a, a spirit game up in up in the Maryland Soccer Pecs. It's it's a little bit of a trek for me in uh, in in from Virginia from you know Southern Virginia. Uh, but but I do know that's a place that holds uh, a special place in I, th- I think a lot of spirit you know fans' hearts. And it, and I, I do think it's kind of you know I guess sad that maybe there won't be a send off for that. Um, have there been any sort of talks about? maybe trying to figure out a way, you know, maybe if it's, you know, a friendly or, you know, something like that to, to sort of send off the, the, the soccer plexes as, as a, as the sort of the first home of, of the Washington spirit.
4: Yeah, we have actually, you know, Steve would like to continue to have at least one preseason game there, you know, every year going forward. Um, I was actually just talking with Lauren about, um, Again, if we can socially distance and within all the proper regulations, do some sort of fan fest there this fall, because um, there's obviously space up at uh, um, at the Maryland Soccerplex. Um, so absolutely, I think it would be, I don't think Tori Huster would let us not do something. So I, I think we'll, we'll figure something out.
1: Cool. That's good. That's that's good to hear. <laughs> you know, it, she it, wants it,
4: to sleep over on the field on the last game. That's her her wish. Oh, really?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm really excited for you guys to get more opportunities at Audi Field. I mean, you know, if if I had a crystal ball and I could tell how people, what people's comfort level was going to be with live sports in the the near term, that I think that's going to be the big unknown for everybody um, that we're all going to have to deal with. Um, You know, treatments, vaccines, whenever they happen, whenever this thing goes away, uh, it'll certainly be all full steam ahead. But it is going to be, I think, I think still some choppy waters for a little bit, I think, uh, in the next 12 to 18 months or whatever. But I think that. You know the team on the field is certainly trending the right direction. You know uh, Ted and I are, are are relatively newcomers to to the to the team to the to watching the team, and it's it's been awesome to see them grow, even in a short term, uh, even from just last year. Uh, and it's been I think <clears throat> to any of our our viewers or listeners who don't yet watch the Spirit and are just just tuning in for DC United stuff, please give it a shot. <laughs> I think that's I think that's the, that's the main thing for people who are not watching the Spirit is try it once. Uh, the, 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 games, the skill is off Rose Lavelle is, you cannot watch you cannot be, you can be a casual viewer of soccer, a, 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 a you know, a medium consumer, watch her, watch her, play one half of one game and you're hooked. So that's really the, the, I'm sure that that's your, your biggest hurdle to overcome is just eyeballs the first time. And then you've got a captured fan.
4: Yeah, I think just checking it out. And, um, you know, we're trying to really broaden our outreach beyond, you know, the 12-year-old girl, right? There's a lot of adults without kids who played or play or just love it. There's, I'm a former player, right? I just got re-engaged, you know, working for this theater. My parents are, you know, former soccer parents. They're now season ticket holders. Um, So I think, Budweiser, I think was was helpful in broadening that appeal. Um, I would love to see the league get a hard liquor sponsor. Um, I love that our the hardcore fans are willing to look at these women as women and people and not just perfect role models um, because there's so much more than just, you know, someone your twelve year old daughter can look up to. My ten right. year old son is obsessed with the NWSL. We are watching. Um, I don't know. The other day, and you know, the the league, the table came up, and Braden turns to me and he goes, "Mommy, Julie Ertz is not going to be happy that Chicago is at the bottom of the table." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my God, you're totally right!" And I love that you know all that. And um, so, I think that has been um, helpful. And I think you know, um, in an interview last year, Steve Baldwin said, you know, we we're mark- we have the rolls rice of, of, of women's soccer and we were marketing it like like a used car lot. And I think as we've expected more and asked for more, um, you know, we've received it. And, you know, I think I'm a big like karma energy person. And so I think that that's, um, you know, we're taking ourselves seriously. The league is taking itself seriously. Lisa Baird, unbelievable. Like Lindsay, Bar- you know, Barron's like they've done an incredible job pulling these deals together in – The amount of time um, and completely switching activation, like it's it's um, there's so much behind the scenes stuff that they've made look very, very flawless.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting, too, if you look at parallels between NWSL and MLS. So MLS has been trying to cast itself as a league of choice when they have been very obviously in the market, understand that they are very much in a talent mid tier. And they're trying to cast themselves as a the top and trying to get there. And the long-term goal with Don Garber was, you know, League of Choice by 20, I don't remember what it was now, in the past, I think, 2018 maybe, I don't know. <laughs> we'll give them a couple years, plus or minus five, whatever. Uh, and they had to sell themselves that way, whereas NWSL is the is the league that you want to be in. But it's, it's 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 a, you're, you're right. Like, they were like, how can we get, you know, all sell all of our season tickets to, to youth teams, young kids, and the MLS had to also move. They were they were moving. They were they're very kids and family. And then they realized that the passion of the uh, not intoxicated, but like, you know, well-lubricated adult crowd uh, is both great for television and it's also great for recurring revenue. It's great for in-stadium revenue. Um, I think that that's the fact that NWSL is both has the goods on the field and is now starting to realize the power of the rest of the market segments I think is going to only do good things for for the, for the league uh, in, in this country. So I'm excited as a, as a, you know, a, a an invested uh, viewer. It's good. It's good to see.
4: Yeah. I think two of the smartest things we did last year was bring in denizens and uh, the senior tequilas margaritas on the rocks. I can't tell you how many fans would stop me at games and say, I have been a season ticket holder for six years. Thank you so much. These <laughs> margaritas are amazing. Or the beer lines have now cut down. And um Um, And I think, you know, Audi field, you know, and I love when the Plex would have, when we had those sellouts, the Plex was rocking, Um, but we rocked a a 19,000 sellout at Audi. And I think that also gives fans more areas, right? Like you can have section 136 and 137 and, and, you know, be your adult supporters and drums and stand the whole time. And then there's really great places for families. And um, so I think that's, like I think that's going to be incredible um, as we grow, and we're just we're so excited, and it's, it's gonna be an exciting couple weeks here. Um, and then as we roll in to see, you know, there's a board of governors call on, on the 21st, so we'll see what the fall might look like. Um, and, Fingers crossed. Uh,
0: Fingers crossed. I think that I, I know that Allie Krieger was on a podcast a couple weeks ago, was like, let's just bring it back to the home markets in August. Let's, and the uh, USL's trying it. With fans, which we're not on this podcast, not <laughs> not super excited about <laughs> people doing, but uh, they're trying it at home markets. MLS wants to try it, so I'm I'm hoping I'm my you know I'm not betting on more NWSL soccer. I think that they've sort of made that clear that without fans, it's a proposition that you know the dog may not hunt. Uh, but the sooner the sooner we can see more games, the better. Uh, this tournament's really uh, you know I think lit a fire for a lot of fans um, of both the spirit and the rest of the league.
4: And I think, you know, it might be thinking creatively. It might not be league games, but it might be some friendlies. It might be, I mean, you know, New Jersey wants to do a home and home. North Carolina wants to do a home and home. Um, I think even if we can stream it or have, you know, 10% capacity or, you know, I mean, again, whatever that 10 or 20% capacity at Audi Field is, I mean, you could spread out and be very, very, very safe. Um, So, you know. Keep praying if you pray and everybody wear your masks, you know, (laughs) stay home if you don't need to be out. And let's just, you know, all do our part to, for what we could contribute.
0: John, John Doolittle on the national said that, uh, sports is the gift of a well-functioning society. I think something like that was basically saying, you know, that's the treat we get for being a, a society that can, can take care of this and do what it needs to do. So let's hope we do that.
4: Oh my gosh. I hope so. I hope so guys.
1: <laughs> Gretchen, thank you so, so much for joining us. Uh, this is your floor plug, plug what you want to plug. Uh, if you want to, I know you have a Twitter account if you want to post that and let people know where they can follow you. Or if you, if you have something else you want to plug, feel free to, to, to the Washington spirit. Yes.
4: <laughs> yeah. just yeah, Follow us. Our, the social marketing team does an incredible job, you know, at wash spirit on Twitter at Washington spirit on Instagram. Our Twitch is Washington spirit. Um, yeah give us a try. I love that you know just watch a half um, and and you know and enjoy we're the youngest team in the league we have just some incredible talent and they're really good humans they're really really good people um, that you can feel comfortable following and, and being becoming invested in because um, they're not going to let you down they're not going to do anything that would ever cause anyone you know consternation
0: and Paige Nielsen can beat you up no matter oh my that. gosh. <laughs> so if you're into that then there's that
4: <laughs> yeah and if you want to join i'm repping uh, the squadron so you can also spirit squadron on twitter um that's our fan our supporter group and uh and they're incredible and welcoming and um you know we're just join us yeah tune,
1: tune into these, quarterfinals. Let's, these let's, yeah. let's
4: Another
0: whale let's keep,
1: let's keep it going yep let's hope we get second seed and then we can meet north carolina in the final and, and show what we're really about i think is yep. what we really want <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, thank it. you so much, Gretchen. Uh, best uh, best of luck to the spirit as they as they continue continue on in this tournament and into the future. Thanks so much,
4: guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Bye. Bye. This is a chalk filled show, folks. Yeah, man. You, you guys got a real treat. Um, we we we're gonna sleep. We're we're. This has been a lot of work for us to put together. Um, producer Brian in the background did an incredible job. Um, editing those those uh, those videos together on the fly. He's got he's got family in town. Um somehow he managed to get a high, high degree of difficulty. <laughs> high degree high degree more 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 skill than more skill than we have. Um, we're gonna open up we're gonna up phone lines. I think we'll talk a little bit. 202 um 454 we can talk a little bit about the I think the spear games. I don't think I don't think we gave that its it's 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 you just know? it's just due. Um I, I thought that was the most complete performance of, of, of the team. I thought they were absolutely uh, just unbelievable in that first half. And particularly, like, I think we saw the lineups coming in. I'm like, oh, Lavelle's not there. You know, oh, you know, uh, you know, DiBiase's not there. And I'm like, you know, hey, you know, they need Sanchez, and, and it's time for Sanchez and Kumi to step up. And but I thought both those players uh, really stepped up. They, they probably should have had two or three goals uh, in that first half. With a couple of opportunities. Yes, um, they should have. Yeah. Uh,
0: from somewhat frustratingly. So I think that, you know, there was a lot of conversation that happened before this tournament that Ashley Hatch is going to have to start converting goals, uh, particularly with the chances that she's going to be receiving going up. Uh, she hasn't really yet. I think she's still sitting on one goal mm-hmm. uh, from the first game, I think. Yeah. Um, she has an assist. She had the assist on the... Um... True. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't want, I don't want to say she's not done. She's. She's done. She's played well. Um, but, you know, I, I think for this team to really make that next leap forward, they need a forward that's really converting, you know, 25, to 30 percent of their chances or at least putting, you know, giving shots away.
1: In, in sort of sprint tournaments like this, what you want to see is you want to see your team sort of grow throughout the tournament. Um, look at Houston. Everybody was talking about how hot Houston were. Oh, man, they're, they're the they're the team that's going to be that second team that's going to, you know. Potentially upset North Carolina, and then they lost to um, I think it was either I can't remember whether it was J- New Jersey or the Rain. I'll have to go back and look, but it was, it was one of those two. Sorry, what? They lost to the Sky Blue. They lost to Sky Blue two nothing, and then they lose to the Spirits. So they lost two in a row. They have slid all the way from like second to fifth um, in the table. So that that to me just shows you kind of you know I thought I the spirit have been of of all the teams they they played the most consistent it wasn't hot cold it wasn't cold like the rain and then suddenly getting hot now now the rain suddenly i guess figured out how to play because they're now sitting third uh they, they managed to make a comeback um i mean with this type of tournament it was just always gonna be i think this crazy. Um, you know, and we all knew the courage were the courage, and and they have uh they they ha, they are not um, holding back. Uh, if you took a look at their lineup, uh, Crystal Dunn is out there. I saw that. Um, a, a lot of the people who follow uh, women's soccer a little more closely are saying um, that basically they've got the full complement of players out there, so they they are going for it, um, they folks. Want, they want they want twelve points which, and they want
0: a huge goal differential.
1: Which, by all means, Carolina, go for it. Yeah. Just, just go for it. Um, you know, well, I want us to finish second, uh, and I'm not sure how. I think I looked. I think this the New Jersey can still potentially finish second. So,
0: one thing we didn't really cover is the fact that Andy Sullivan has torn her meniscus and will miss yes. the rest of the Challenge Cup. We mentioned it in passing in the interview with Gretchen, but uh, no, we actually didn't. That was that was before that was before she came on. Yes. So, Andy Sullivan tore her meniscus and will be out uh, the rest of the tournament three to six months. It said. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she had heard a pop. When she was playing, uh, apparently uh, Richie said that she's been dealing with something like that. The meniscus can sort of flap around for a little bit until it tears, and it sounds like it was flapping before and it tore uh, in this most recent game. She had given the thumbs up to to, to Vlatko uh, I, on the way out of the the stadium, which everyone took to mean like, "Oh, she's fine," but it just meant no ACL. I guess we can we can now know in the end that that's what that's what <laughs> it was. Um, so this is this is big, right, guys? This, if this is a position that uh, has not been a position of super depth. Andy Sullivan has; she uh, had a great season last year. She got left home from the World Cup uh, and had a, a a dominant season. And this year, uh, she's played well again. The, the problem with the defensive midfielder usually is if they're if they're playing well, you don't talk about them. They just they just do their thing and they do it they do it quietly. So now uh, there's going to have to be a big step up here. Uh, Jay Bossier um, and uh, Maggie Daughtry-Howard are going to have to step up. Uh, They played a little bit uh, in the last game. Uh, Bossier, I believe, got yelled at pretty soundly by Richie. I think that was talked about after the fact. He was not happy with the way she was playing. I think she was playing left back. Um, It's a tough tough thing to be a a depth player in a short tournament and come in and do well. Uh, But guess what? (laughs) now you have to now
1: you're in the knockout now you're in the knockout and you need to there can be no bad games so it's and and this is an opportunity and a shot you know these tournaments can can make 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 players uh so to speak um we we see players step we've seen players all over i think this in the mls's back and in this other in this other tournament really step up uh we we saw with ashley sanchez and how quickly she sort of has sort of grown um, and she looked very, very solid again, uh, in this game. I thought, I thought she continues to just show up her. I don't think she really showed on the score sheet. Um, but, uh, but you know, really, I'm, 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 i guess I'm like, I know that losing Andy Sullivan's huge. Um, I thought Audrey Howard came in and was solid, uh, you know, not to the level of Andy Sullivan, but I thought she was solid in that game, um, and, and kept Houston off the score sheet uh, when they started to sort of creep back into that game. And, um, potentially uh, tied up, which would have uh, uh, dented a lot of the, the good feelings I think we're feeling right now about right. this team. Um, so, so yeah, Bailey
0: Feist is, is has really stepped up to, and when Jordan DiBiase is unable to play, uh, she is, there's been, there's been from my mind, no real change from the way the offense is clicking in the midfield. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's been great. I'm glad she got her goal. Uh, but the overall there, there has just been this, this team has just shown strength all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paige Nielsen and Sam Stobb in the in the back. I, I I don't I don't know another center back pairing. Having seen you know a lot of games, uh, in the last couple weeks that I would want more than them, and they're both second year players. Uh, you love to see that. Uh, it's 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 just a it's a it's a it's a weird situation where all you want are more games for this team. Mm-hmm. All you all you want is an, a chance for this team to really become what it's going to become. Uh, but we're not gonna get that so we have to yeah. make do here and see and see what this team can can, can do in a really short window and yeah that, that uh, when is their next game do we know who they
1: we don't know who they're playing yet but we yeah we know when the game is we do not know I don't think I, I know it's sometime on Saturday Um Saturday ends Saturday. up in the
0: chat July 17th or 18th is the, is the, is the game is the next is game.
1: Well, if it's, if, if it's July 17th, we might have a chance. I'm, I am, I am going on vacation on Saturday. Um, so we we'll, we're, we're gonna, we're still we'll trying see. to, think, we're still we'll trying see to see how that goes, but
0: yeah. So yeah, I mean, this has been, um, it's great. It's been like a speed course for an all newbie. Yeah. And yeah. the games we, we talked about it in the interview, the games have been by and large good games. There have been a few, there have been a few clunkers. Uh, but overall, like really, really impressive level of play and the spirit have been top you know, one, two, three among those.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Um it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun um it's gonna be a fun, I think, conclusion of the tournament. I'm I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to see the conclusion. And and if you if you haven't just checked it out, if you just haven't gotten there yet, uh do yourself a favor, go check it out. Um it's 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 been a lot of fun soccer. Uh the the quality of the broadcast has been good and um. Yeah, I, I think we're I'd- getting
0: info in in the chat right now. We're not sure yet what day the game is. Washington Spirit giving us uh, on on the up to the minute information <laughs> in the YouTube chat. We appreciate that.
1: Yeah. All right, I think that will do it, um, everybody. I don't think we have anything else to, to, to talk about. Anything else you wanna you wanna touch on? Yeah. Joe?
0: No. I mean, if you are a new listener, if you if you've hung around all the way to the end, this is a marathon. They're not usually this long. Uh, but we also don't usually have three interviews in one podcast. Yeah. we basically took what we would normally stretch out into three episodes and did it in one episode. So, uh, if you're new to us and you liked it and you don't think that if, even if we don't have three interviews, an episode, you'd still want to listen. We are on every podcast format you could think of, or we're, we're here right here on, uh, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and Periscope. Uh, but if you want to listen to us asynchronously or not look at our faces, uh, just download RFK Refugees uh, on whatever thing you listen to podcasts on. we um you know, we started off as just DC United, and we've branched out. I think a lot. Yes, uh, and uh, Loudoun United's going to start back up, so we'll have something else to talk about here. Uh, I'm still in a in a in a forever battle with Ted to never talk about the national teams, but uh, sometimes <laughs> I win, sometimes I lose. But uh, if thank you so much to Bill Hamid and Felipe Martins and Gretchen Ham for joining us. Uh, I think we covered a whole bunch of ground, and uh, I think it was a it was a good time.
1: And if you really really like the show, rffugees dot com or Patreon page, the Patreons have helped cover. All of this technology that you're seeing in front of us, with the exception of my camera, which I'm working on, and
0: this on. raccoon over my shoulder, that yes. was also a Patreon.
1: Yes, uh, the uh, the the raccoon and and uh, but the video, the software that we have, all of that came from uh, Patreon subscribers. So, uh, check us out, donate to the show if you want to. If you want to see this, uh, you want to see this 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 little crazy venture John and I started up uh, a couple of years ago, uh, grow. So, uh, thank you all so so much for listening to the show. You guys are all legends, um, and uh, we will catch you guys. Uh, I don't know. If, do we have another screw? I guess we, we still have the some of the DC shows coming up. We got the the pre and post games for that. Yes, so. we
0: we may we may or may not be uh, part of a part of a, an official DC United pregame. So stay tuned to our social yes. media. We're going to get some uh, some confirmation on that. If not, you'll see us when you see us, man. We're all over the place. Yep. Just just be watching Twitter. We'll just
1: show up. You'll see our faces. It's how it happens. Yep. Absolutely. All right, thank you all so much. Uh, We will catch you all down the road. Vamos. Vamos.